Hello, welcome to James's pre-fight, post-fight MMA show, where we recap all the important things happening in the sport of MMA, and I, your host James, try to explain to you what's going on in the sport and make it as easy as one, two, three for you to understand. We hope you enjoy the show. Four, three, two, one, and here we go. Welcome back, everybody, to the Fans Assemble podcast, where we're going to talk about UFC 279, the return of MMA superstar Nate Diaz versus another superstar in Hamza Chemaev, headlining this uh, pretty good, you know, not the biggest names, but good action pay-per-view this Saturday. Um, With me today, I am joined once again by Mike. How's it going, everyone? Uh, Mike and I, we uh, did okay our last time out in USC Paris. I I thought that uh, we did a good job of covering things up, uh, who was sure to win, who we weren't sure, who was a little bit of a toss-up. And uh, it was a lot of fun last time. I thought I learned a lot from Mike, and I hope I did the same for him. And uh, so the first fight we're going to talk about, flying a little bit under the radar uh, this basically this fourth quarter of the year is a catchweight fight, 180 pounds between Kevin Holland and Daniel Rodriguez, or as I like to call him, D-Rod. It's a catchweight fight because this card really wasn't the most stacked. It kind of just had Chamaya versus Nate. And then uh, they try to add fights the last minute. Like we have this Tony Ferguson fight and then this fight. So that's why it's uh, the catchweight. These two I know are normally – well, Kevin Holland has been fighting 170 pounds his last two fights. D-Rod is a – typically, he's a 170-pounder. Uh, so they're meeting in a, another part in a, a catch weight just so then they uh, can make the weight. The tail of the tape, Kevin Holland's 23 and 7, 29 years old, 6'2", over 81-inch reach, which is something to know. And then Daniel Rodriguez is 16 and 2, 35 years old. So he's a bit older. Six one with a 74-inch reach. Uh, you start us off, Mike. How do you look at this fight, this one? Yeah, I, I – this one's kind of, uh, you know, going into this fight, I, I think Holland's favored to win this fight, right? And it's really mm-hmm. because the competition that he's been facing is far superior to Rodriguez. Um, thing with Holland, though, he's coming off and bouncing back from some big losses, Right, uh, we know he fought the Tory, and, and amongst other things. So he's kind of in this position where, okay, he's fought some big guns, and now he kind of has to reset himself and figure out and get his momentum back. Yeah, um, and and as you mentioned, the reach, uh, the reach is really the key, right? Holland's big advantage in this fight is size and speed, and it's kind of just clear, obvious, and apparent that if Holland wants to win the fight, he just has to be physically better and take advantage of his strengths. Yeah. Of course. And, you know, looking at Rodriguez and, and breaking down Rodriguez and kind of looking at what he does best, it's really a product of his left hand, right, and leg kicks. And this, you know, yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and for anyone to kind of win by upset, you know, it, to win a, a big upset, it often requires um, those pesky leg kicks, right? And you see that, yeah. on, right? If someone comes and upsets the fight, it's usually you do some permanent damage early on with a surprise leg kick. So sitting here looking at this fight, looking at Rodriguez's strengths, I think 
his best chance for the upset is with the leg kicks, and he's got to find a way to land one of those heavy lefts and get the finish. I really think this fight is more 50-50 than, than the pundits are thinking. Agreed. Um, yes, absolutely. I think Holland is the favorite just based off the nature of his experience. Yeah, he's a bigger name, and yeah. You know, I, I think you have to give him that respect given where he's coming from. But I see a lot from Rodriguez. I, I think he's going to hang in this. I think this is going to be one heck of a fight, just to, just to say. I'm really excited for this match. Um, and I think it's a really big moment for Rodriguez to come out on pay-per-view and, and and, and win this one, you know, really yeah. propel him forward. Uh, but I do have to say, I think Holland's going to sweep this one by. And I actually, I have him winning this one by decision. I, I don't see him being able to finish Rodriguez. Um, and I might be wrong on this one, but I think this is going to be a really, really good, tough fight. And Holland's going to sweep by, and uh, he's just going to have to avoid getting that, uh, that heavy left and getting finished. But I haven't tweaked by. I uh I definitely agree with that. I think the fight is a lot closer than the odds say. Um, Kevin Holland, the so a lot of people know him because TMZ keeps reporting him like saving people's lives yeah, in yeah. Fort Worth, Texas. And so a lot of people love him. And I do think he's like a cool guy. He seems like a, a fun personality. But I think sometimes that kind of masks like his skill level. Like he has that, like you said, right? He has to use that reach. That is going to be a huge key in this fight, his 81 inch reach. But when you watch him fight, like his last two fights have been a Walter Way, and he uh he, he won those two after bouncing, you know, when he was coming off of those losses, those disappointing losses at middleweight against Vittori, like you said, and Derek Brunson. He he doesn't really use his reach that often. He he fights very short and you know, the commentary team always question, like, why is he, like, running into punches? And it's just purely, I think he doesn't know how to use his reach most of the time. You know, sometimes we get a couple instances where, like, he does have one knockout win where he, it does look very nice, like, the punch is very sharp. But besides that, he uh, very rarely uses it. And uh, you pointed out, uh, D-Rod, the leg kicks. I, I think that that's going to play a huge part of this fight because Holland, really, he kind of, like, doesn't even regard other people's offense sometimes and i think that that could cause uh you know kevin holland may think oh i'm longer i'm taller uh, i'll be okay at distance but then d rod will start to kick his legs and then kevin holland will be like i have to get closer i have to use my punches and that may cause him to possibly run into something not I'm, i don't think he's gonna run into something so hard to get a knockout because you know d rod i don't think he Kevin Holland, he is very tough and he is resourceful enough, I think, when he's hurt to stay in the fight. Like, like you said, right? He fought Marvin Vittori and all these guys at middleweight. He wasn't uh, finished there. So I, I do think it's going to go to decision. I'm actually, I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to go with uh, D Rod. I, I think uh, he's going to win by decision. It's basically going to be a, a striking clinic where he's kicking Kevin Holland's legs and he's counter punching him. Uh, because for me, I think Kevin Holland, the only way he can win this fight is if he just uh, keeps landing uh, big shots on D-Rod. But I think his, his striking, his weapons are not going to be enough to uh, catch him off guard. That's how I look at this one. Yeah, I, I had a really tough time picking this one. I changed my uh, my pick maybe a good three, four times here. Yeah. Um, because like you said, it's the experience difference, right? Like I think, in my opinion, D-Rod... 
has been a little bit more impressive. Like when you watch him, uh, like strike, like it, it seems yeah. a little bit more uh, disciplined. But you know, he's gonna fight a guy who has been in bigger spots. You know, he's been on pay per views before. He's fought uh, good competition as well. So you you don't know how that's gonna pan out. That's the problem, I think, with uh, picking either. To be honest. Yeah, it's just one of those fights. I think it's going to kind of just go either way. And uh, I think it's uh, I think it's one to watch. I think it should be very interesting. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a fun action. These guys both like to strike. I'll be very surprised if there's any grappling in there. So let's move on to the next fight. The co-main event. Lee Jing Liang, the leech, versus Tony Ferguson. El Kukui, the former... USC interim lightweight champion. Uh, something to know in this fight, this will be Tony Ferguson's Walter Waite debut. So he is going up. Not debut. I, I know he fought like one time. At yeah, it was like, time. what, like 2011? Yeah, like maybe wrong. fighter. Yeah. Yeah, a long time ago. A long, but, so I guess you could say it's his return. Uh, 170 pounds. Li Jing Leong is 19 and 7. Tony Ferguson is 26 and 7. Actually, I'll, I'll go with the leech. He's 197, the leech, 34 years old, six feet tall, over 71 inch reach. Tony Ferguson's 26 and seven. So there is a bit of experience difference between the two. He is 38 years old, like you said, right? He, he is older. He, everything, a lot of the, his stuff has big gaps because he's so experienced. He is five, he's 5'11 five with a 76 inch reach. So he will have a five inch reach advantage over Li Jing Leong. Um, Mike, uh, what was your reaction um, looking uh, at this fight? I just want to say first off, I mean, what a nickname, The Leech. That just makes me a fan right there. I love yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, that's a perfect nickname for a fighter. I mean, I love that. One thing he said I thought was kind of funny is he was like, there's going to be a lot of blood, but I'm The Leech, so I absorb blood. Yeah, it's... <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm actually a really big fan of Lee. I like him a lot. He's fun. Um, yeah, he, he he the fights I've seen of his have enjoyed him greatly and it's and it's good to see someone uh from China. Uh, mm-hmm. and you know, he brings a lot to the table and he's a three hundred and twenty five point favorite, whereas Ferguson yeah. is a two hundred and fifty point dog going in this one. And we know why this is the case with Ferguson's old. He's on the decline, he's been losing fights left and right. Yeah. He hasn't fought in Walter Way in a very long time. It's kind of his last chance to do something special in the UFC mm-hmm. and on pay-per-view. And this fight was put together really, really last minute. Uh, I don't think Lee had much heads up on this one. He's kind of getting thrown into this one, which I think makes really the biggest question mark about this fight. Instead of just saying like, oh, Lee is the you know uh, clear favorite in this one. I think the circumstances and the spontaneous nature of it Mm-hmm. I think is the real, real like it's the elephant in the room, right? And yeah, it's something that has thing, to be addressed. Yeah, I think it's the only thing that complicates complicates this one. Um, but I, I, I just have to feel that that Lee is just too powerful, too versatile. Um, he's good with both hands. Mm-hmm. Um, I think yeah. there's too many different ways he can find a way to finish Tony in this fight. Um, I think Tony might be able to get out of the first round. I think just like I said, given the nature of the fight, um, but I, I I think this is a clear and, and easy win for 
for uh, Li Jingliang. Um, and I don't see it going any different. Um, I'm not sure how you feel about it, but to me, this one was just kind of a, an easier pick for me. With no disrespect to Tony Ferguson. Yeah, um, we're fans. We've always yeah, talked about I, I, I don't want to sit here and say that Ferguson is, you know, is washed up and he's terrible and he's a joke and he needs to go away because I, I don't I, I don't feel that way about him at all. Like I'm a fan of the fighter. Um, but like I said, everyone has their 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 moments of, of grace and their moments of defeat. So it's it's one of those things where he's at a point late in his career um, and the momentum's on his side. And I, I heavily win this one. Probably early second, I think, and, and it will be a knockout. I uh I have similar, you know, I have a similar line of thought as you. You know, Tony Ferguson, like you said, he's uh, old. He's coming off like four losses. The last one was probably the most devastating of all all four against Michael Chandler, where he got yeah. knocked out cold. And then you know he's now he's fighting a guy who has very good knockout power in his hands of a weight class that so he hasn't fought in how long. So we don't really know how Tony Ferguson's athleticism is going to carry. From 155 to 170, and uh, you, you know he's also 38, things like that. And and the, my big thing is like the leech. He he always looks when he wins. He looks very good. Uh, yeah. Like his last fight impressed me a lot. Uh, I I'm gonna go the same way. I, I think the favorite's gonna win. I just think that Tony Ferguson, like his style, has always been very all over the place. Even when he was like in his prime, but now that he's older, it showcases even more. And then, plus you have Lee Jing Leung. Like, he, he's kind of like an underrated sniper, in my opinion. He, I know we talk, a lot of people say, like, you know, he's well-rounded, but he kind of like a little bit all over the place sometimes. Uh, but he's underrated when it comes to finding the chin with his punches. And I think he's going to do that uh, early in this fight. I think, I definitely don't think it's going to go past the second, the, into the third round. I think it's probably going to end, like, in the second round where, Li Jingliang's landing shots, and then, uh, you know, Tony, he just finds uh, one big one on Tony. E- even if Tony looks good, I think, in the beginning, let's say he surprised everybody, looks good in the beginning, I still think Li Jingliang can knock him out. He's he just that type of threat, I think, against Tony. So I have the same pick as you. So moving on to the main event, which uh, I think we have some good details on this one. Hamza Chemaev, the number three ranked welterweight, versus the fan favorite, Nate Diaz, at 170 pounds. The tale of the tape, Hamza Chemaev is 11-0, 28 years old, 6'2", with a 75-inch reach. Nate Diaz is 21-13, 37 years old, so there is a bit of age difference, 6 feet tall with a 76-inch reach. A very strange fight. Um, you know, we all thought that Hamza Chemaev, he may fight the winner of Leon Edwards and Kamara Usman. You know, he may fight Kobe Covington. He may fight uh, all these other contenders. None of us ever thought he would fight Nate Diaz. But here we are in a pay-per-view main event. And uh, it's going to be interesting because how the pay-per-view numbers do with Chemaev being such a big star and Nate Diaz being such a big star. Uh, so, so take it away, Mike. What, what do you think of this fight? Yeah, I mean, when going into this one, right, Jumayev comes out is a overwhelming favorite. Yes. Uh, 850 points. Diaz, a 650-point dog. And, you know, I, I think the thing, first of all, fight for Diaz, right? Diaz has not – he fought last year, 
Um, other than that, right, we haven't – he hasn't been in the octagon a lot. I, I don't think this is the matchup. And like you said, uh, I didn't see this one coming. I don't no, think no. many people saw this one coming. It's, but it's interesting. Um, and, I, and I kind of like the idea of this. I don't know if D- – there's a lot of rumors going around that Diaz isn't happy about being picked for this fight. and mm-hmm. um, I don't know where his head's at going into this one. Um, I don't know if he's unhappy because he thinks he doesn't stand a chance or what's going on here. But, um, I, but I think this fight is really about this question, right? Well, two questions, right? The first one is, how human is Kamzat, yeah. right? And, you know, we're seeing that he's not flawless. He's not perfect, right? Um, mm-hmm. The last one. Exactly. He is capable of making mistakes. So, in theory, right, the idea is that he could be beat. Is it going to be Nate Diaz? I'm not really a strong like- believer in that idea. Yeah. Um, but it's really then all about how many mistakes is Kamzat actually capable of making in one fight, right? Mm-hmm. And look, he's got the size, he's got the strength advantage on Diaz, he's got youth on his side, yeah. and he's got momentum, right? This is a guy that's on his pathway to becoming a major, major player in the UFC. He's already knocked down the door, and I don't think anything's stopping him right now. Um, definitely not an, an older you know, an inactive and, Nate Diaz. And an older inactive Nate Diaz is at the end of his career. Um, I think Kamzat's going to win this one by submission. And uh-huh. I, I think that I, I just don't see, I know you dressed it in the video, so I'd love to see what you think about this. But I'm having a hard time seeing what way Nate could find a way to finish Kamzat in this fight. Okay. Because I, I don't see this one, if it were to go the distance by, you know, surviving, I, I don't see how Diaz would win a decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's, you know, just the strength advantage of, of Kamzat gives him a lot of different ways to overpower Diaz, especially if he tries to go for takedowns and whatnot. Yeah, and he has, like, a, on pedigree-wise credentials, his wrestling is a lot better than Nate by a lot. Right. So I, I just think if Diaz gets aggressive and reckless and tries to go low and take him down, like it's just going to backfire on him. He's going to get finished. Um, and he's going to be able to tap him out. Um, so I'm, I'm curious really to hear what you think about this or what your analysis is of, of Diaz. Mm-hmm. So um, first, like to what you were saying about Nate Diaz not wanting this fight, it's because you know, back in like December, after Dustin Poirier lost to Charles Oliveira, they were talking about him and Nate fighting. But then Nate, they said it was his last fight in his contract, and the UFC didn't want that to be his last fight. They want him to renew it, and then they could move on with like a Dustin Poirier fight, which would make more sense because you know the weight classes and the styles and the personalities. But then Nate refused to. Um, to renew, he didn't like the contract they kept offering him, so he just said that he wanted to get out of the UFC as quickly as he could, and they're giving him to Chamayev to build his, you know, Hamzat star. Uh, in in turn, when you're uh, talking about, you know, I think you said you summed it up perfectly. It's really how many mistakes can Hamzat Chamayev make in this fight, opposed to like what Nate Diaz could really do, because Nate Diaz he kind of does like. You know, he fights like anybody. He could be fighting uh, any type of opponent. He pretty much fights the same way. 
so for me, the things he has to do in this fight, and he kind of has to like start doing this as soon as the fight starts, is the main problem he has to address is Hamza Shemaev. Like you said, the wrestling is going to be a big deal. But I actually think the stand-up is going to be a problem for Nate because Nate, like, you know, you watch him. Like, he's kind of slow on the feet. And he's, like, almost, like, always going to be a, a target for somebody. Like, he's just so slow. He doesn't move out of the way. He's always in front of people. And I think Chamayev, he's just going to he's gonna feel very confident. And he's just going to unload punches when he feels like he can. And if he can't get that, he'll go for a takedown. So, Nate... I think he's actually better off trying to fight on the ground with Chemayev than be on the feet. Because I think on the feet, like, you know, Nate's looping punches and he's a little bit slower. Uh, and then on the ground, at least, he could try to get this guy to be working. You know, when Chemayev tries to ground and pound or he tries to uh, advance position, Nate can try to um, stop, like uh, make a move, make him fight off submissions. You know, Nate, Nate's very good off his back. Of course, there's a difference with the size and the youth makes a big difference if he could do that uh, it, when it, so he has to be able to survive the beginning at least and what you were saying how does Nate Diaz even like finish him because you made a good point right like Nate like Gilbert Burns is very good excellent Nate Diaz is not up to that level right now uh, for me he has to it has to be something where Chamayev is very overconfident and he feels like he could definitely get Nate out of there. Uh, you, you remember the Connor fight with Nate, right? The first one? Yeah. Like, remember Connor, he was coming off the Aldo win. So he thought, you know, you think about Jose Aldo, this guy is like a like an eight-time uh, UFC champion. Nate Diaz has never won a title. He's only fought for the title once. You know, you can't even compare the two. And then Connor goes out there thinking, I'm going to knock out Nate. And then all of a sudden, Connor's like, oh, he's still here. And then that's when the fatigue starts to set in. Obviously, Tamayev is a different animal than Connor, right? He's better on the ground. He's bigger. He's stronger than him. But it has to be something like that, where Tamayev is very overconfident. He's putting a lot into his uh, whatever tactic he's doing. Nate is giving him at least a little bit of resistance. And then he starts to fatigue. Because we did see against Gilbert Burns that he was just, like, going at him, feeling like, oh, this Gilbert Burns, he's going to be like anybody else that I fought. And then all of a sudden, he's like, oh, Gilbert's still here. And, uh, you know, that's the struggle he had in that fight. So Nate has to make it something like that. That's why I, I put down um, – we're going to put the video on the link. But in my breakdown, I said he kind of – Nate has to a little bit – like he should try to talk to a little bit of trash to just try to get Hamzat to feel like this is not the way the fight's supposed to be. Um, that's my main way of seeing it. And and that extends from Chamaya making a mistake. So um, he, even then, I, I think Nate uh, is not, is not going to be a perfect fight, right, because – Chamayev, he could just easily just take him down and, uh, you know, possibly lay on him for a little bit. So, so you're going by Chamayev, you said, by submission, right? Yes. And what round? This is or the are tricky. you just going by submission? This is the tricky part. I, I that's what I really, that's what I really don't know. Like, I, I don't think that Diaz is going to get embarrassed with like an early finish. Like, I don't think it's going to be one of those like. 37 second uh yep like Nate is so hard to finish i think he's only been he's only been truly finished in the ufc two times like one by head kick and then one you know jorge doctor stoppage but some people don't even count that right i i i think that 
it's going to happen in the late second or somewhere in the third. I think it would occur, like I had mentioned, in a circumstance where Nate Diaz got overly aggressive mm-hmm. and or is caught out of his element on the ground and Chimaev has him overpowered and he tries to slip out and and gets caught. Um, I think it's going to be one of those kind of finishes more so than rather like, I'm definitely not saying like Kamzat's going to just, you know, like slick submission down in 20 seconds and then, and and get on his back and tap him out. Like I I don't see that happening. Um, But I do think it's going to be, I think Diaz is going to be a product of his own undoing in this fight. I think he's going to end up beating himself. Um, mm-hmm. But otherwise, I think it would just be comes up by decision. Um, yeah. if, right? if, if Diaz is able to survive, it would be comes up by decision. But I think Kanzas is also going to feel a lot of pressure to get a finish. And yeah, I so think he's going to, he's definitely going to try to chase a finish. I think. Yeah, I agree with that. Right. And so, and, and it's a matter of if Diaz gives it to him. And I think I could see an opportunity arising when they're on the mat. And Diaz is trying to escape something, mm-hmm. something, and it slips into a finish. Yeah. Also, uh, one thing we haven't pointed out, but like Hamza Chamaya, you know, I, I kept talking about, oh, Nate Diaz on the ground, you know, his guard, it, it's pretty good. But one thing uh, that could offset that is Chamaya. He has fought 185 pounds, a weight class up, and he does not look like size is like a problem for him. Nate Diaz has fought 155 pounds, and he's very small for welterweight. So it's almost like two guys meeting in the middle. Now. So I, I think that's probably the the best. I think that's the most realistic way Hamza wins because he uh, – I, I can see him hurting Nate, and then, you know, Nate's just constantly getting bashed on, bashed on, bashed on, and then Nate tries to get out, and boom, he uh, – you know, he, he gets in a bad spot, a bad position. Uh, for Nate Diaz, I think the only way he could win this, because there's such a difference in the wrestling, would be he has to get, like, a late finish. I don't, I don't think he could win a decision. But uh, my pick is going to be Hamza Chamayev via decision. I, I think uh, I think um, Nate's going to look awful <laughs> in the beginning. I think he's going to look awful. I think Hamza's going to hurt him a bunch of times in the beginning with stand-up on the stand-up with the strikes. Uh, he's going to get excited on the ground in the first, like, eight minutes. Uh, and then Nate, I, I believe he will uh, will start to see Chamaya like, in the end of the third round. You know, he, He's making slight mistakes, but he's not paying for it. And then rounds four and five, you know, Nate has a couple moments. And I will predict that the MMA media will eat up those moments that Nate have. And then uh, Hamza will win by decision. I, I think uh, it's going to be a weird fight, like, Chamaya was winning, Chamaya was winning, Chamaya was winning, and then Nate had like two moments or something. You know, it's funny because I think if this fight goes the distance, Mm -hmm. it actually becomes more harmful for Kamzat than it does. Yeah, it does. Even though he lost, right? Because I think that at this point in his career, like obviously Diaz has less to fight for. And um, he's kind of just being thrown back into the octagon against the rising star. To create a very interesting pay-per-view headline, mm-hmm. um, but I think a decision win would be a real and almost, of course, a win's a win. And someone with the resume of Nate Diaz, like beating him, is 
is of course an accomplishment. I don't yeah, you mean like losing. in the the eyes? I don't want to say. I don't want to say. I don't want to say winning is losing in this case. It's not. It's not. You know, by any means. But I think it would be disappointing. I think it would. It would take some steam away from Kamzat, right? Yeah. And I think he really, really needs to find a way to finish the fight. Um, if he wants to keep moving as this unstoppable force in a positive direction. Yeah, I hundred percent agree. Like, look at look at Nate. Like when he fought. Yeah, it's funny now because he's champion, but when Leon Edwards, you know, Nate's last fight against Leon Edwards, Leon and him, another very random booking, kind of similar to this. Obviously, Leon Edwards did not have the star power Hamza does, but he they're kind of booked it to like try to get Leon to be a little bit of a bigger name, kind of like with Hamza. And then Leon's winning like the whole fight, and then he gets rocked in the last like 10 seconds. And then all everybody keeps talking about is how he got rocked. So it didn't kind of like he fell below expectation, right? He's just, he's the younger guy, the newer guy, more technical guy, kind of like Hamza, the relationship Hamza and Nate have. So uh, I 100% agree, right? Like, it's like uh, he kind of need he doesn't need to get a finish, but with all this talk he's doing leading into this fight and uh, the booking and how this card was made, he, he uh, it would be better for him to get a finish for sure. So. Mike and I have the we're both picking Hamza Chimaev. Mike is picking him by a round two uh finish on the ground. I am picking Hamza Chimaev via decision. I do think it's gonna be entertaining. Uh, these two guys they, they never fail to entertain. So um that's pretty much it for the show. Uh we hope you enjoyed it because we enjoyed making it. Thank you guys and uh see you all next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you like what you were listening to, please subscribe to Fans Assemble. And if you can, please give us a rating. Do it for the audio world. They need you.